Welcome to Tournament in a Tea Break. If you're wondering what the sounds are that you're going to be hearing, we're actually sat outside. Yes, outside in a British summer, which means that it's probably about to tip down with rain any minute now. You are listening to Roz Satar and I'm joined by... Abigail Johnson. And we are back together for the first time in a year. This is not going to be. This is not going to go well. This is. <laughs> this is going to. This is going to be. Uh, oh yes, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Yeah. Um, this <laughs> literally applauded us. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so we are in Birmingham. While there's all kinds of excitement going on in Queens, Halla, and uh, somewhere else. Oh yeah, Eastbourne. We'll come on to that in a little, <laughs> little bit later. But here we are in Birmingham, where um, Petra Kvitova has just. Uh, bullied her way into a second final against poor Mihaila Buzanescu. Mm. Um, and we have a, a great match with uh, Magdalena Rivarikova against Barbara Stritzova. I think we've got a really good final. Yeah, definitely. Uh, both of them very established grass court players. Obviously, Rivarikova made the Wimbledon final for the first time last year. Really good from her. She's just got that crafty element to her game and the way she moves up to the net that works to such effect on this particular surface. And then Kvitova, I mean, two Wimbledon titles, defending champion here, kind of says it all, really. So, yeah, big match coming up between those two. And, I mean, Petra's been pretty relaxed all this week. She said that she um, doesn't actually feel any pressure to defend her title. She, you know, I think because it was such a miracle last year, especially after everything that had happened, mm -hmm. and it was only her second tournament back, it, was, it, it exceeded her expectations. Uh, so now I think anything that she gets is a bonus and having seen her when she came back from her sort of enforced break a couple of years before that where she came back and said that she you know came back and enjoyed the tennis again now yeah. I actually really feel that she loves the tennis again oh definitely you can see it in her face and the way she approaches matches and the way she is after the match as well she's so relaxed so chatty and she's she's just so at home with the whole atmosphere and the experience of every tournament and I really do believe that she enjoys everything even the losses she can take positives away from because she's actually able to experience those losses whereas 18 months ago she didn't know whether she yeah. would be able to do that and you can see that just in the way she approaches everything and I think it's doing her so many favors I don't think it's a coincidence that she's won that many titles since she came back I think that has a lot to do with her very much everything is a bonus type of attitude and uh, it allows her to loosen up and play the game that can be so lethal, really. Yeah, I mean, I. But what I've really been interested with Rabarikova is that you know, for somebody who's so tall, mm. I mean, both of them are tall, you know, <laughs> tall units. But for somebody who's so tall, her movement on the grass is amazing. I mean, today up at the net, we we actually asked the question of Barbara Stritzova, you know. Were you intimidated coming to the net? Because every time you did come to the net, you know, she's got such a magnificent reach and movement. Definitely. You know, everything didn't work. Did that hold you back? And she said, no, I, you know, I, I literally just didn't play my, my best. But yeah. to watch her, for, you know, you see tall levers uh, really struggle. But, you know, she, she hasn't struggled at all. She's looked very, very good. She had a, a bit of a wobble in, the, in her first match. But to beat Carolina Pliskova in the first round, She's just gone from strength to strength. Yeah, that is big, especially, I mean, Pliskova has the game that should traditionally work incredibly well on grass. And to to get that win is definitely big for Rybarikova because, I mean, she's not a power player. She's more about the reach, the touch, the the effect that she puts on the ball. And uh, that would have been really confidence boosting for her, I think, to get that opening win. And, and then it's kind of, 
I don't know, maybe that takes some of the, the pressure of expectation off herself because last week in Nottingham she didn't have the tournament she was hoping for, went straight out and uh, to get a big win like that under her belt early on here, that's just really good for all her, her confidence levels and everything and that's what allows her to, to play her best tennis, I think. I, th I think we're in for a right treat of a, of a final. Uh, and the, the good thing is, of course, I, like the Czechs and the Slovaks get on very, very well. I mean, the, you know, it, it was lovely to see um, Stritzova and Rivarakova say, oh, yeah, you know, we're good mates. And Petra was saying as well, you know, we've known each other for ages. We've come up through the rankings together. Um, you know, they've even played doubles together. You know, I think I think we're in for a really fun final. Definitely. And because they know each other's games so well as well, they know exactly what's coming. I think that's going to make both of them uh, very much feel the importance of bringing their best tennis to the occasion because if one of them's a bit off the other one will know their game well enough and that they kind of crack down on that uh Kvitova especially I thought today was in the zone I think Rybarakova had patches against mm -hmm. Stritzova where she let her foot off the gas a bit and if she did that against Kvitova I just feel like Kvitova's in the frame of mind feeling the comfort on the court where she would just kind of punish that a bit really definitely so um yeah so are you basically saying Kvitova to win I think so. I'd be predicting Kvitova to win this one just because she looks so at ease and she has a lethal game. You know, the serve when it was finding its mark today, which was most of the time, was very difficult to return and deal with. So uh, definitely Kvitova is the favourite, I think, to, to come through. And But not to say Rybarakova couldn't pull off an upset because, uh, like you say, she can make Kvitova play that extra ball and that's going to be something that challenges Kvitova's consistency yeah. so we'll just see if that kind of throws her rhythm a bit I guess so one one or two sets do you think um I'd <laughs> I'd go with straight sets to be fair um, I think last year last year I might have called Kvitova in three sets which turned out to be true so I can't remember really anything like that well I mean if I get a correct prediction it's kind of a once in a lifetime experience <laughs> so I'm going to remember yeah it, this is true actually yeah. I know your so yeah I, I, I feel inclined to agree I think it's going to be uh, a straight set soon but I think they're actually going to be quite close sets yeah I would say so I mean uh, both of them are in really good form I mean it goes without saying because they're both in the final uh, but yeah definitely they're both have the weapons to make each other think they're not just going to go out and pound the ball they're going to use the court use yeah. the variety oh, in their game we're going to see angles galore yeah definitely. angles galore definitely right well obviously the big news of the week um was that uh well mr murray is going to be taking a wild card into eastbourne so if anybody's got a ticket for eastbourne you are in for either a treat or a heartbreak or a little bit of both mm, <laughs> because yeah. not only that we've the, the draw of course has come out uh, and Murray is facing um, another wild card, Stan Vavrinka. Uh, These wild cards sound quite familiar to me. They do, yeah. don't they? Yeah. You know, I mean, I've heard that they're quite good. These yeah. guys. Yeah. I mean, they've done a, a bit, I'd say, in their careers. You know? Yeah. So. Some like they call them Grand Slams or something. Yeah. Something I think like they've that. got like three. Yeah. Which is a magic well, number. Yeah. So yeah, three each, I think. Oh no. Well, that's not that bad at all, is no, it? No, not really. No. So uh, okay, the positives, of course, <laughs> are that Murray has actually pulled up well enough to play mm. see even the crowd approves um that murray's that murray's pulled up um well enough to play um again and try out his hip because uh, i don't i i don't believe that nick probably was the best test for that especially because that match was bonkers no. um but but yeah i mean that's a, that's a killer um that's a killer first round because vavrinka has I think Vavrinka rushed back, and I think yeah. that he's now just beginning to find 
his groove. 100%. I think he was so anxious to get back that he did rush it a bit, and that mm. probably actually delayed his ability to come back strongly. And I think it was probably the same with Djokovic as well. Oh, abs- undoubtedly. Yeah. <laughs> a few times trying to push himself too early, and we've seen the after effects that that can have. It can actually extend the process rather than shorten it. So, uh, yeah, uh, regarding Murray and Vavrinka in that first round, I, d- I don't think... I mean, obviously, neither of them are going to be happy with that draw, but it's less than ideal, especially for Murray. Coming back has entered two tournaments and drawn Nick Kyrgios, who you never know what you're going to get on any given day, and Stan Wawrinka, who at the peak of his abilities is top quality. And I think that Murray would have been looking to ease into tournaments and get some matches under his belt, as opposed to simply test himself out against the best in the game. So definitely unfortunate for him that uh, straight off he's having to play these guys that he would rather play later in the tournament when he's found his way on court and actually assess how bad or good his his hip is at the moment. Um, And I mean, it's cracked us up because obviously there's like lots of people wailing on on Twitter, you know, um, oh, you know, how could the draws allow this? And it's like, well... (laughs) <laughs> a draw is random. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you know that you're gonna have go. <laughs> you're gonna have the first and the second at the top and the bottom, and you're gonna have the third and fourth in one of those halves. And then apart from that, everything else is random. We yeah. assure you. Um, but yeah, if you've got a ticket for that, probably for that Tuesday. Yeah. Corker. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was a, a Grand Slam semi-final not that long ago, just over a year. Yeah. Ago, I think so. There you oh, go. Wow. Grand Slam semi-final in the first round of oh, esports. No. So. Which is an ATP 250, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Couldn't have predicted that one. Now, where are you going to be? Well, you, you're, of course, not going to be down with me in Eastbourne no. for the weekend. Where are you going to be? I am off to the Boodles, which is in Buckinghamshire, Slough kind of area. So down south, but not as far down south, I don't think. My geography is bad. Where's, it's, where's it's Eastbourne? So. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> Eastbourne is. You can get much, much southern. Yeah, so much further south. So I'm just giggling at the sight of Annabelle Croft and the Eurosport team doing flossing in oh, the, I've just in the foreground. Yes. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> to continue, Boodles. Boodles. <laughs> the Boodles is great. You know, it doesn't get much coverage in comparison to other tournaments because it's not a normal tournament. There's there's no draws. There's no. I mean, there's no real prestige to the event let's put it that way it's just it's just a way for players to relax and prepare for Wimbledon in a very laid-back environment so uh, the court conditions and everything is exactly the same as it would be at Wimbledon so that makes it a very popular option for the players that are coming you get a lot of uh, top players uh, I think some of the key players this year Juan Martin Del Potro Grigor Dimitrov Alexander Zverev um, yeah people who are and yeah, also and also Victoria oh. Azarenka who <laughs> may be opening against who did we say maybe, maybe we, we, think that, we think that Azarenka should open against Dimitrov yeah. because it would absolutely be hilarious if she then beat him well, it's, it's an exhibition event at the end of the day yeah. so that would it could be quite and entertaining she, way to test yourself I'd say yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, she'd be absolutely 100% up for it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think she'd care whether she meets some uh, a male or a female player. It'd be like kind of just let me on court. And she does that kind of exhibition thing very, very well. Yes, yeah. She she likes that kind of thing. And I, I, all of them that go really appreciate the just the kind of the relaxed atmosphere because it's not often that you actually get to compete and play matches, but do it in a no pressure environment yeah. you know it's not like just going out and practicing a match on the match court but at the same time it's not like playing a competitive event you've got the crowd there there's banter and stuff there's lots of fun so 
<laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's a good tournament and a good lineup and yeah, definitely um, worth going to to have a watch. I know that people have a jolly good time when they go and watch the Boodles. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is good. I mean, I've gone down. I think the first couple of times I did Eastbourne, I used to go drive down for for a day, mm. um, and it was great fun. I think the first or second time I went. Uh, Djokovic flew in by helicopter, which was terribly exciting. We all got to scamper to a field and watch this helicopter come into land. Nothing um, like doing it dramatically. Yeah, it was just amazing. And then, mm. then we all wandered back, and I was wandering back with one of the photographers going, did we really just all scamper into a field just to watch a helicopter land and Djokovic get out? And he was like, yep. And I was yep. like, okay, <laughs> well, all right, the things we do for, for tennis. Um, also, the things that we do for tennis is we, have, we get right to the heat of the debate and obviously one of the reasons that I also loved going down to the Boodles was for the scones <laughs> scones even now what is it is it scones because to me I think it is scones um, but of course to my uh, my glamorous assistant here it's scones it's so 100% my whole life are you telling me my childhood was a lie yes indeed I am <laughs> you know but at least you heard it from a friend, right? Yeah, well, I guess so. But I, I still disagree. I, I had this... Um, this isn't mine. I, I stole this. But I was I was telling Roz that when it's there, it's a scone. And when it's gone, it's scone. Ugh. Okay. That, <laughs> that, 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 we, really well, we can't sorry, end on that I'm because so we, we have to end on how, what you, how you have your scone. Okay. So I'm a firm believer, because I was taught by my mother, that you put a layer of cream on there because otherwise the bread all bubbles up. Mm -hmm. um, you then put your jam and then uh, you have a little bit extra and you put a little dollop of cream on top and then you scoff. Now. <laughs> I, I would never put my, my cream before the jam. Never. I mean, now, now you've explained but you, it. Do you see what I mean though? When you put the jam on top of the bread, it just it's too dry. Oh, ex exactly. That's why I, I either put butter or margarine on beforehand. Don't even start with margarine. No, well, I mean, butter then. Let's go with butter. Butter, jam, then the cream on top. I just... It would be strange putting the cream on before the jam. It's just not the done thing for, for most of us. <laughs> Have you ever tried it that way? You know, I might have to try it I that think way you're before, gonna have before to try I, I make judgments. It will revolutionise you know. your life. Cannot prejudge, so... It um, will revolutionise your life. So I, I even had a heated debate with one of my friends on the um, Wimbledon press fest where she even went further. And it's, it's not just about the cream and the jam and a combination thereof, but it's also about sliced strawberries somewhere in that melange. Oh, I can't do strawberries. I know and I then can't the, say the that top of the, and I think she has the top of the scone on top. Okay. So and it's, it's like a sandwich, a scone. Yeah, a scone and it's sandwich. like, what is that? Like a poor man's Victoria sponge? It doesn't, it doesn't sound appetizing to me. I, mean, I can't judge before I try. Um, and I'm one of those people that if you tried, you just end up, you'd end up squirting cream at the poor guy that sat next to you in the yeah. media center, which is never terribly popular. No, not really. So, um, so yes, I think we'll make it our mission, and I'm, I'm going to get uh, the lovely Chris Otto, who will be flying in uh, and staying at, uh, at Britwatch Mansions. I'll be getting him on the podcasts um, all the way during Wimbledon. So, of course, you've been listening to Ross Satter from Britwatch Sports and Abigail Johnson from Who Knows Where. <laughs> Sorry, thank <mate>. you. <laughs> That's all right. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.